Hey there, Adam from Splendid Sports, and here we are for a special edition of 3 and 3. I'm joined by Decon Duck and Dylan Double D Vintage Baseball Cards, two people who have already been on 3 and 3 and they're back for the special edition. Here's what we're going to do. We are, you know, in the normal 3 and 3, I have a guest who shows three cards that are three of their favorites in their collection and they tell us why. And then we look at three cards that are on their want list. What we're going to do here, uh, actually it was Scott at Reindeer Studios. He gave me an idea when I had him on a three and three and he said, you should do a three and three of yourself. And I couldn't figure out how to do that with myself. So I said, you know, here's, here's how, how I could do it. I'm going to have two of my buddies on, right? And we're going to do a three and three, but what we're going to do in this one in a special edition is we're each going to show one card of our favorites and it's going to be a different card than these two guys showed in their last three and three i'm also going to show one of my favorites and we're going to tell why and then we're each going to talk about one card on our want list so uh really it's the same number of cards that we're going to be looking at and talking about but it's just going to be divided up amongst the three of us sound good sounds good to me sounds right. like the fun sounds like the funnest night ever yeah <laughs> I don't know if this will be the new format moving forward. We're just, I'm testing it out. Maybe I'll do a few of these. Maybe that's what I'll do all of them moving forward like this. But hey, it's fun either way. So before though, we get into the to the three and three, I want to do a little hobby talk if that's okay with you guys. Sounds cool? good. All right. So um, let's start. Doug, I saw on one of your recent videos, you have an incredible italian ted williams card that is so cool uh a card that i didn't even know existed before you showed it on your channel and actually on on the three and three that uh, you did with me and you mentioned that that is a card that you are going to get graded yeah so i want to ask you what do you have a plan what company are you going to send it to are you going to send it to sgc psa yeah or someone else and just give us a give us a little idea on why you're going to do what you're going to do so so my my obvious answer and here it is um my the answer that seems most obvious to me is sgc because i i really well i i i like their service i like the quality of their service and i think that their cards the tux looks better than anything else for a vintage card to me um the one consideration that i did have uh was that i happened to have the whole set of this is that if what if i wanted a set registry um, that would make me think of PSA, but I really don't, I really don't think I care about a set registry. So, uh, SGC is definitely SGC for, uh, for pretty much all of my vintage cards. Yeah. So that that's Dylan, what do you think about that? Like if it was, what, what would you do in the same situation? Well, you know, I like SGC. I think their tuxes look really good. I've been diverting a lot back to PSA lately, but not if I'm going to grade cards, I'm going to send it in like Doug's. I, I would go SGC because I've, I've experienced really good service with SGC. Their grades look very fair. I feel like it's a lot off of eye appeal. And it just, it's really, I really like the quality of SGC, the service. But the, the slabs, they're thick and they are bulky. And I'm like, I really have been buying a lot more PSAs because I just the cases are better and I've been with P you know collected PSA for so long 
but SGC looks amazing. And the vintage stuff, you it does. It, it just makes the card pop. It's really yeah. awesome. Yeah, I from a yeah, from a it's see, I have mixed feelings too, because like I do like how vintage cards look in SGC. Um the, are the slabs a little bigger than I'd, I'd like, you know? Yes. Um, but it's not, not the end of the world. Obviously I like the quick turnaround times, but look, if I get it at this point, it's not that big for me. It's not like a huge thing anymore because yeah, I can get my card back in like a week or two with SGC, which is awesome. But you know, PSA is running maybe a month now, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe a couple months. So it's not like you're going to be waiting years. So that gap I think is only going to get closer and closer to a point where, I would predict like this time next year, I wouldn't be shocked if they're the same as far as their like turnaround times. Cause PSA is just, they're building new offices. Um, I think they'll get it to a point where it's not even that much of a competitive advantage anymore for SGC. And then, yeah, it's going to be tough because like you said, Doug, there's no registry. So, yeah. I, you know, me, I, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what, you know, what's funny. I've, I've been selling a few cards here and there lately. And um, you want to talk about, perfect examples of how powerful the registry is in uh, like people's buying decisions. I think it was at least five cards that I've sold in the last couple months. After I sold the card, like within a week, I got an email from PSA set registry saying um, the new owner of this card wants you to remove it from yours so they can add it to theirs. So clearly it was like something right on their mind. It's a motivating factor for why they bought that card in a PSA holder. So it's real. It really, I mean, it's, it's not, like I've seen it in action, real world stuff. I've bought cards where it was like I, I could get the same card in SGC versus PSA, but I'm thinking, hey, all things being equal, I might as well just buy the PSA one if it's pretty close in price because I'll get a little credit on the registry. And, you know, you don't get anything for the registry, but it's I, I think it's fun. I don't know if you yeah. have you guys ever done anything with it. I haven't. Yeah, it's, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's for, different. I mean, it's not it's not something that like. I think you have to do to have fun in the hobby, but when you do start doing it, it's kind of, you know, when you start to see it, it it's pretty cool uh, because you're competing against other people in a way, but you're also competing against yourself, um, your, your formal, your former collection, which I kind of like, as you see it improve in, in your rankings and all this stuff, they've really done a good, it, it's probably a good idea if you don't want to spend extra money that you probably wouldn't have spent anyways, probably to stay away from it for the time being. Because it definitely yeah. will encourage you to spend money you probably wouldn't have. So th this isn't a card that I planned on showing, but like, so this is a card where I, I love this card. This is one of my favorite looking cards, yeah. and it's just a Sam Jethro. It's not worth much. If I, I think this would look so much better in a tux. Like the, like the, just generally speaking, that's my, that is my definitely my feeling, is that it's just the card looks better in a tux. I feel like, yeah, I feel, I just feel like this is like a, a little bit of an eyesore. This little like it's like not that nice. This little label. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's petty, but just compared to like the simplicity of of uh, and I'm going in here like of of like this guy, you know, like it just looks so sharp. But anyway, that's all aesthetic. Because you don't you don't do much selling right now, do you, Doug? No, I don't do a lot. I do selling, but I I sell um, more modern cards and um, then some vintage cards occasionally. Well, I, 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 I think that PSA, I mean, they crushed it with the registry. I don't use it. I've never even been on there, but I totally understand the psychology of it. And I, 
I think it's a wonderful idea. It's a wonderful product. I guess that's what it would be. And I think that the PSA, you know, they, they, they obviously have a grip on it. And if I have an option and the prices are the same and the turnaround time is the same, I'm going to go PSA hundred percent, but that's only because of the resale value and the trust that I know I, I feel like I've had my whole life with them and they're thin. They're nice. You can fit a lot more in a book or on just anywhere. They're just smaller, but SGC has been absolutely amazing. I don't want to take anything away from them. And I would go with them a hundred percent if, you know, they offered those registry type things, even though I don't use the registry, I understand how valuable it is. So buying an expensive, nice card, I tend to go towards PSA and I always hunt PSAs first. I always have, I'm probably about 95, 90% PSA in my collection and the rest SGC and then a tiny portion of BVGs. So what do you, what are you guys on your collection itself? Where are you guys at on that? Doug? Well, I, one thing I do like about the, the BVGs and the CGS, right? See, I, I don't know. I'm dyslexic in all these. Acronyms. See, uh, yes, is, is, yeah. Yeah. Is that they, they're, uh, you get, you definitely get deals. Um, but I also notice are uh, much more grading inconsistency with those, with those uh, graders. Um, so SGC and PSA to me are like the, you know, at PSA, I mean, I go to the PSA site all the time for the pop report. Like that is like the gold, the gold standard for, you know, pop reports and registries. So if I want to know like how rare is this card, even if I'm going to buy it in an SGC, I'll go to the PSA pop report. Cause I'll feel like that's, that's where more people will have their card registered in general. Um, and the, uh, yeah, the lesser tier companies, I go to them, the, 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 the lower two of the four. Uh, I go to them just for, because you can get a steal sometimes. That's perfect. That's yeah. I, I, I agree with that. That was a, that was awesome. Yeah. So, you know, we've said some nice things about PSA here. I do it one quickly before we get into our cards here. Um, I saw, uh, it was Nat Turner, Nat Turner, who's the head of collectors universe who owns PSA and I happened to hear him recently. Uh, he was on the Sports Card Nation podcast with John Newman. And I was kind of surprised that I, I heard him say that he submits his own cards as the head of the company, submits his own cards to PSA and and, and they grade his own cards. Um, you know, it, it, it got me thinking, like, I'm not saying he, he's, I can pretty much 100, almost 100% probably say he's not, nothing's going on with that. Cause like, why would, it's not worth like trying to, you know, bribe graders and all this stuff. Like this, I'm not saying there's anything going on that's that's bad there, but just from an optic standpoint, it made me think of another podcast I listened to, Dr. Beckett's podcast. And he has said multiple times that during the heyday of, of the Beckett price guides, he pretty much, I think he said he stopped all his buying, all his collecting, um, while he just just from he didn't want to even create the appearance of any potential conflict of interest when he was doing his thing with, with Beckett. Um, and it just, it's, it's such a stark contrast from you have the head of collector's universe submitting cards to PSA. You have 
the people who run card ladder, they, they buy and sell all the time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying anything bad's going on. It's just, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on like, boy, things have changed since the 80s and 90s on how these hobby companies operate now and the, and the people that run them operate. Dylan, go ahead first. Okay. Dude, I mean, I, I listen to both those podcasts religiously. Dr. Beckett, full-blown, like, he's he's the god of sports cards for all of us, especially born, raised in the 80s. Like, Beckett was, I live by Beckett. This is why I love value in baseball cards. I love to know values. I have studied values. I love all that because of Dr. Beckett. And then John's podcast is just awesome. And he always interviews the coolest thing. So I happen to, obviously, I listen to both of those. And I found that very surprising myself. And I thought Dr. Beckett went on the super safe side of just dr no more collecting, no more just like hands off the, the drug dealer or should not be involved in doing the drugs, right? Like hands off. And I thought Nat Turner's, it's like, is if he's a collector, I want him to keep collecting. And I think that's a huge part of being a good CEO of that company is being involved in collecting. So if he just stopped collecting, then that would be, I feel like he could get lost and not be focused on collecting and understand what we really want. And him sending the cards, where else is he supposed to send them? And I, if there was an issue with his car becoming a PSA 10, I mean, I, there's definitely problems with that. Was it a smart decision? Maybe not. Maybe he should just keep all his cards just ungraded. And then when it's all said and done, you can get them graded one day. I don't know. There's no right and wrong in that. I trust him. I think he's a real collector. And I wouldn't take anything negative about doing that. And I won't. I would never count that against PSA. I'm not going to be anti that because of that conversation. I thought it was great. I thought he was honest. I, 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 I absolutely loved it. So that's my take. I, I think it's, was it smart? Maybe not, but it's, it's a, uh, he's in it. He's collecting. So that's so, my thought. Yeah. So I'm just, rea I'm reacting fresh. Cause I didn't, I didn't uh, hear it before you told me Adam. Um, so I, feel like it's not that big of a deal um but i can see you know the appearance of conflict of interest i think psa has to watch it um and i think nat turner needs to watch it um i would i would take pains if i was him to try to channel my cards in in an anonymous way or something like that and then like you know go through like a third party or something and 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 just kind of like make it super clear that um my name's not on the order when I process it and just kind of like, you know, clear the air. Uh, I think I would try to do that anyway, just to, just, just to uh, try to, you know, uh, get rid of any appearance of a conflict of interest or, you know, unfairness going on there. So I think he should, I think he should watch it. Um, but um, I like, like Dylan said, you know, he, I don't want him to stop. I wouldn't, if he's into cards, he's not going to stop collecting cards. And uh, if he's going to get his cards graded, he's going to go to his own company because it looks really bad. If he does. It's the dumbest thing if he gets his card graded somewhere else. True. But, um, but yeah, so I don't have a big problem with it. I do think he should take pains to avoid any appearance of a conflict of interest. 
Yeah, I, I, and it, you know, it just made me think about Dr. Beckett and man, that he was not messing around. I mean, obviously you can tell by his podcast that, you know, he loves cards and lifelong collector, but man, that must've been tough to stop buying cards for, I don't know how long he stopped for, but even a small period of time. I mean, that, that's, that says a lot. I mean, he was really committed to what he was doing, uh, where he was willing to just give up collecting or buying cards that, that kind of just the contrast yeah. really hit me more than anything. I don't, I don't think again now, you know, things are so watched now that yeah, like you said, if he did it a different way, he may he maybe Nat Turner gets grilled even more. Oh, he tried to do it through a back channel. So uh that's oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you can't win. Like the only way you could possibly avoid any chance is just to stop uh stop grading cards altogether right. until, like you said, maybe he's not in in the role anymore. But right. Yeah. So anyway, I thought it was interesting because there's a ton of stuff now. You got the sports card radio guys going after Nat Turner for doing this. So keep an eye. There's going to be more. It's going to be a lot more stuff. Yeah, about. right. I think the bottom line is that Dr. Beckett's a badass, right? Yeah. I think that's We yeah. can all agree on that. He's a genius. Yeah. Just get out of it. Wipe your hands at it. No yeah. problem. <laughs> Let's, bring him in. Let's bring him in. Surprise guest, Dr. Yeah, Dr. Beckett. I got him. In there. I wish. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's get rolling here. Who wants to show uh, the first card of the of the uh, favorite one of the favorites in your collection? Whoever whoever wants to go, feel free. This time, not me. I'm not going for. Why yeah, you go, Dylan, <laughs> you got a great one. Well, you Dylan. want me to? Yeah, go for it. You okay. were the, you were the first guest ever. I say, really yeah, 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 you're the first guest. However, right. I think it'd be good good for the show if we argue about it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's great TV, guys. Great TV. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, cool. It's all yours. All right. So first, Adam, thanks for having us both on here. This has been awesome. So exciting for me to hang out with my friends and talk about cards. This is what I dreamed about when I started a YouTube channel and why I got into just making content. Because I wanted to have friends in this hobby. And I and people I think they hesitate maybe for a million reasons i hesitated because i didn't want to put myself out there and show myself on camera and be myself and just i was really tucked in and then i let myself out and things have just flourished and i have real friends both of you guys i talk to and text on a weekly basis and it's just been really fun so you let me on your first episode because i begged to be on because i listened to all your podcasts adam yeah, I'm just glad you wanted to talk to me. Yeah, I was so excited. So one of the cards that I said was on my list, and it was number two at that time, but really it should have been number one, and I went after it, So and I got it. So that is this card right here. Pull this, took the glass off. That is the Hank Aaron Tops rookie card. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's really show it in this, but it doesn't matter. I took a lot of time. It wasn't a, a jump decision. It wasn't just like, that's the one. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, that's the one. I just pushed the button and, and bid and I won. But this was a long time, years of thinking about buying this card. And with YouTube, really learning about 
like what the eye appeal is and asking my wife as an artist to look at my wall and which ones stand out to her. And they're the centered ones with very nice pictures. Um, just really nice registration and just clarity and that pop and this one just popped. Yeah, good centering um, with the rounded corners. I didn't think with a two, it was going to be creased. So I spent my time and sent it to a couple friends and like which one looks better and had a screenshot spent a lot of time looking for it. so i was like when i did it it was on my 30 42nd birthday and it was september 4th and i bought the card i put my bid in and i won it to the dollar and i put it in the last second like a full rush like a, a drug addict just like boom go <laughs> and i got it and I have it and it's been such like a, it's a weird thing, but it's like a weight lifted off my shoulders a collecting weight. And now I just like, wow, I absorbed it in my collection and I was able to sell other cards to compensate over the last year. And I didn't have to take money out of the bank and it just, and now I have it in my collection. I've never been happier. So that's the card I picked up and thanks Adam for the motivation uh, of the first video to get it. And the next card I want to get. Wait, 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 wait. Oh. No, we don't want to say that yet. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's, let's do that. Let's show each one of us show one of our cards. Then we're going to come back and do those. All right. Okay. Sounds perfect. But that yeah. that is so that is so cool that, um, you know, yeah, we, we were on here. You said you wanted it, put it out in the universe, and then you made it happen. That's so cool to see. Any you know, a friend get a card that they I know they just wanted so badly that it's such a cool thing and um, yeah if, to play a small part that that was awesome happy to see and what an what a copy you got too man that that thing is incredible yeah it's great oh, it's so yeah, awesome pretty stoked yeah zero uh, regrets a lot of cards I bought have like you stare at something for so long this thing i look at it every day and i still am very happy with my decision so Super one rookie card that's think about that like yeah yeah that. he's got there's one hank aaron rook card uh compared to uh juan soto's seven thousand eight hundred and forty two rookie cards uh i mean yeah and he has seven seventy one of ones yes exactly that's all right. A whole nother podcast in itself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Doug. Let's go. Let's uh, let's see. Uh, All right. One of the cards so, on your want list. So for I mean, sorry, all, one of your favorite. One of your favorite. First of all, I'll give D Dylan. Uh, this is an opportunity for me to give Dylan his props because um, uh, when I first saw Dylan's, ch I, I heard. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Did it Doug, just die? Dylan, you're not going to get your props. Doug froze. <laughs> wait Doug's a minute. Oh, wait, no. he'll, come back. he'll come back. Hold on. He said he was having problems earlier. Can you hear me? Wait a minute. We, I, you're going to have to give you, me love all over again. Am Doug. I full on back? You yeah. are back. So, um, yeah, so I have to give Dylan his props because um, when I first I first heard about Dylan on a, on a live stream, I heard someone mention his name. Um, and I checked him out and I was absolutely delighted. It was like, it was like, you know, in terms of like, you know, seeing videos and, and, uh, and, and, and feeling energized and, you know, back to, feeling like you, you did as a kid with that, you know, youthful enthusiasm. 
I was blown away. Uh, and, and I was like, man, this guy is awesome. Like, I, I'm not going to miss his episodes, you know, like, um, and, uh, and I, I haven't, I haven't missed an episode since. And um, I was never expecting that, you know, to be friends with you. You know, like, I just didn't expect to be friends with anybody Likewise. on YouTube. Likewise. Uh, yeah, so, um, so, yeah, so big, big props to, to Dylan. Um, and, then, and then Dylan introduced me to you, Adam, mentioning you on his show, and then, uh, and then seeing your three and three. So props to both you guys. And I love your show, Adam. So uh, this is just that opportunity to just get that out there. And you also kept me honest. This isn't my card. But you kept me honest because this was one of my cards. Yep. And I and, and I did pick it up. Um, so you kept both Dylan and I honest. Um, <laughs> so props that, to you awesome on that, too. too that is a yeah. great card. Yeah. So I, I, I was going to pick that one uh, just for sort of the, uh, you know, the, the continuation there. But I, I just can't. Since I've gotten this card, I have I, I, I like it more and more like each day. Uh, and it's, I just, it's just, it's, it's possibly my favorite card in my collection. Um, it, it's just such an amazing looking artful card. And it's in my mind, significant. I know that, you know, recently more and more people are saying this is a 1949 card and I, not a 1948 card. I don't really care. Um, all I know is if you look at the Bowman 1948, uh, uh, spawn, and um tell me if you'd rather have that yeah. <laughs> you know like it, it's not i mean and, and this is no disrespect to bowman and this is even no disrespect to that card it just doesn't compare to this visually um and it's not the nicest spawn card um whereas this maybe is um so um yeah so that was i'm super excited about that i collect warren spawn and uh and he's you know a big deal in in, uh, in the hobby uh, amazing career. So that was, uh, that's my pick. That's cool. So you got, you, that, that, that probably is like, I, I don't know all his cards, but yeah. So you have Warren Spawn's best card. Yeah. I mean, I think I do. Uh, you know, like awesome. there, there, there are other cards that people could argue. Um, like there, there, I think it's the night. Is it the 1951 Bowman's really cool? The 1954 Red Heart is really cool. Um, and then people love his 53 tops and his 52 tops. Um, also, the 1953 Bowman spawn actually might be second best. All right. So let's go, I guess, with mine. Ready? All right. So yeah. you. <laughs> here we go. Now, I of course, my first card that I'm showing on a three and three, I'm going to cheat because it's actually going to be two cards, two card process. Uh, it's only fair. I think I, I cheated. I, you know, I, I cheated every time. I cheated just now. <laughs> so this, I, I picked a card that I feel like really sums up how I collect baseball. And it's really two, two main things. It's junk wax era cards from when I was a kid that, um, you know, meant a lot to me, still mean a lot to me. And with a lot of them, I, I've been trying to go back and collect the highest grade version that I can of those cards. Because, you know, with those cards, the, a lot of times the price difference between like a, like in this card I'm going to show, the price difference between a PSA 9 and a PSA 10 is maybe 10 bucks or something like that. You know, it's, there's not a huge 
gap there. So I might as well go for the 10 if I can. So um, I try to collect high grade examples of cards that meant a lot to me when I was a kid and, and growing up. And then what you'll see here, I also like to go back and try to collect vintage cards. So what I'm showing, let me pull this up. Uh, let's go here. All right. Yes. So what we have here is 1987 tops. I know the three of us, that set alone, just the set 87 tops means a lot to us uh, and many guys our age. And this is the 1987 tops turn back the clock card of Roberto Clemente. I mean, when I was a kid opening, this isn't the one I had, you know, I went back and bought this one after, but you know, I have several in my collection that are raw that from when I was a kid, um, but just opening this out of a pack of 87 tops, this was in many ways, my introduction, one of my introductions to vintage cards. So, uh, and Dylan, we've talked about this, but one of the things we first connected over was I found someone else who has a deep love for card on cards, cards on cards, or whatever you want to say. Uh, oh my so gosh. The turn back the clock cards, you know, they're a thing that like, I feel like the, everyone I, I, our age that I talk to about, they go, oh yeah, but there's not many people who like buy them now. Like if you try to, you could get these for like 20, 30 bucks, <laughs> PSA 10. Uh, and there's not, I mean, there's not a high pop because not many people grade them, but just the significance of the turn back the clock cards, they created, in my opinion, so many, what are now vintage collectors. So many guys in their forties now um, that grew up in the junk wax era and now are going back and buying the vintage cards. Some of them that they first saw on a card like this, the turn back the clock card. So, Absolutely. so th th this, the turn back the clock cards, I could do a whole episode on them, but I just, I love them. I love what they mean to me. I love the way they look. I just, I just love the concept. And um, so the second part is this for me, I know it's not his most valuable card, but this is my favorite Clemente. Oh uh, man. Yeah. So we got, we got the original. I, 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 you just, you just had me oh, pull my, my childhood card because uh, that, 1987 <laughs> tops was my intro, but that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, just to pair them together, so what is that thing, Adam? Is a podcast? There's a podcast. What are we looking at there? I'm sorry, 70, <laughs> 70, 72 tops PSA six. Um, nice copy, but wow. So th that's one of the one of the ways I like to collect baseball is yeah, like especially turn back the clock cards. I have a bunch of turn back the clock cards in like PSA tens that I like to collect. And then I like to go back and collect, you know, nice eye appeal examples of the originals. So I've done that. That's awesome. so maybe I'll do a whole video on that someday. But this is this is my favorite turn back the clock card and my favorite Clemente card. Something about him, you know, tossing the ball in the air and the design of the 72 top set. Dylan, I know you're big on design. And I just it, this looks such a <laughs> such a cool design to me. So, That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, I figured these, these this this really tells the big story of how I collect baseball cards. You know, it's all nostalgia yeah. and kind of going back to those two different times. That's so cool. And I don't know what uh, Adam. What 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 was your first year into baseball cards? Or your what was like the golden year that you entered? Pro it was honestly probably eighty six or eighty seven. I was born in eighty one, yeah. so I was either five or six when I remember. I, I think I said this on one of your video response ones, but uh, the eighty seven tops was the first 
cards I can remember opening from a pack. Um, yeah. Might have Me, been that, that was my that was my entry, 87. Yep. Me yep. too. Same thing. Dylan, you know, yeah, I know you that, love that set. That 72 tops Roberto Clemente was the very first Roberto Clemente vintage card I ever purchased in my life. 20 something years ago. Wow. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> and I didn't think about it until this, thinking that. I probably psychologically had seen that card so many times because of the 87 tops on the turn back of clock cards. Is I love those things. That's why I purchased it. I mean, I love that image too. Throwing the ball up. It's different. It's something unique. I, that was, that's awesome. Great choice. Just quick, quick note. Um, what do you think about this idea? Cause I, I like to think sometimes I like to pretend I'm like the head of a sports card company, grading company. Right. In this case, no, if no. if I'm the running fanatics, right. And they want to drive up demand for not only the current cards that are coming out, but I think they're going to probably build a marketplace at some point where they're going to sell graded cards. So they want to get a, they want to drive up um, sales of, of vintage cards and junk wax era graded cards. Um, I know they, they top still kind of does a little turn back the clock stuff, but they, they don't do like card on card stuff. Like, so if I'm fanatics, then you can give a 2023, whenever they started, start making these cards. Take a little, you know, a new spin on it, but here's an idea. Bring back, turn back the clock cards, um, but make them of, um, you know, Don Mattingly's Topps rookie card, um, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Topps rookie card, Wade Boggs, whoever, you know, all, all the guys from, you know, when we were kids, right? Make make cards of those, but you could do it where, like, you know, a um, hundred of them are autographed, right? So it's more of a chase, too. So they'll have the base version, and you can do the autographed ones. I think that would especially some of the younger collectors, like it did for us, I think it could help them get more interested in cards of, you know, you could do it for vintage, but you could also do it to get them more interested in the cards of the 80s and the 90s and, and whatever. What, what do you think about that idea? I think it's well, a great idea. I, I also think it appeals to the older crowd too. It's, you know, so yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, think, I think it's a great idea. I think that's awesome. I think I like that. Let's go so, with that. Fanatics, I know you watch this, so go ahead and please do that because I will buy those. I'll buy actual – I don't buy much of the new stuff, but I would buy new stuff if they had turn back the clock cards in them, okay? I'm just saying. That, that's why I buy Topps Archives. Only only cards I buy during the year are pretty much Topps Archives blasters because you can see the old stuff. The new players on old designs. It keeps me as a vintage collector, you know, spending a little money with Topps. So I think your idea is – Perfect, and they should definitely implement that. Multi generational demand you create with yeah. these. Types. Oh yeah, yeah. And I like that term. I think that's a for really sure. good term. Like you said, oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. I'd, I'd buy more for sure. All right, cool. I, I like to I like to ask you guys because sometimes I just t think of things in my head, and I don't know if I'm crazy or not. So, all right, cool. Good to know I'm not crazy, at least well, some of the time. That's what we're doing here. We're talking about yeah. baseball. So. That's <laughs> So, all right, Dylan. Now I'm ready. Let's let's um, let's look at your want your one on your want list here. Let me pull up. You sent me this ahead of time. Okay, 1941. So we got the 1941. Ed Williams. Ed Williams. The greatest, arguably, maybe not arguably, but probably the greatest baseball season in history. The most iconic, everything about 1941 was magical. 
And the way I've been collecting cards lately, I've been really buying, trying to buy cards with a, an experience attached to it, whether, you know, I experienced it or whether someone else experienced it, whether, you know, like MVP status, stuff like that. Not just base cards of just a random season they had. I'm trying to focus, focus my collection a little more and I'm doing this MVP series. So this is part of that whole deal in my mind because it's a card that I should have had already in my collection. But as a kid, a Ted Williams card to me was, I could never afford this card. It, to me, it was like $10,000. Just like every card was $10,000 when I was a kid. And I was no way I'd ever buy, ever be able to afford it. But as I'm getting older and realizing that I could buy these lower grades because of YouTube and my thoughts and mind have changed regarding lower grades and more based on eye appeal, it has opened a whole new market up to me over the last two and a half years. And realizing that I could buy a Ted Williams play ball card for $8,000 that looks really awesome. I mean, he hit 406 in 1941 and he didn't even win the MVP because of Joe DiMaggio's and his 56 hitting streak. Like, it's just a magical season and everything about it, the history of the time. So that's why I want that card. And the look of the card is spectacular. It's just the colors. I love that set. I have a Jimmy Fox on the wall behind me and I have a lefty Gomez behind me. Um, I just love it. So I should have had this card already, but it's definitely on my number one. And I think it skipped ahead of the 53 tops Mickey Mantle, which I really want, but I want this more because of the history behind it. And I've read a lot of books about Ted Williams. I know a lot of things about Ted Williams. Um, he's my favorite player of all time. And I grew up with pictures of him in my bedroom as a kid my whole life. And when you look at my collection, I have more doubles and triples and quadruples of Ted Williams base cards than any cards in my collection. I probably have 60 playing day cards of Ted Williams. I, I could just buy Ted Williams cards and buy the same card the rest of my life and I'd be happy. So this 41 fits perfectly without saying anything else. I'm just so excited. I'm just like, I really want this card, but I'm willing to be patient. And hopefully, you know, even patient enough to go to the national and pick it up in the flesh. So, yeah, that's it. The, the, um, the 40 play ball, it, isn't it the same images, but they're just black and white? Am I right on yeah. that? Yeah, and it just doesn't have the history behind it in my mind. And the black and white cards are second on my tier of collecting which i still like them i just don't have many of them so different yeah different. i love this i love the the shadow the, that that is just great yeah. great art right there yeah it's my favorite ted williams card of all time like if that's one card one ted williams card i could own that's the one i should have more than any of the others because of the history behind it and the card looks amazing but so that's it. And that's funny too, because that I'm sort of doing that with my collection. Now I'm in a transition where I'm trying to like, I'm trying to look at all the players that I, I want cards of that. I don't have uh, Roy Campanella. I don't have any of his cards. I don't have any Ernie Banks cards. Uh, I got a whole list because I've, I've gone so deep into like a handful of players, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams. So what I'm trying to do now is just kind of like what you said, pick out my favorite 
one, maybe two cards of, of, of those players. Um, not Mickey Mantle. I'm, gonna, I'm going, keeping going with that. But like with Ted Williams, Stan Musials, Willie Mays, some of these guys, I'm going to maybe look to sell some of the cards I have, of that, uh, even though it's going to be tough. Um, and then just pick out one or two of, of my favorites and, and have those. And then that will free up some money, hopefully, to go out and get, you know, my favorite Campanella card and my favorite Ernie Banks card and, and so on. So that's that's what I'm looking at doing right now. That's cool. Yeah, I think uh, YouTube and podcasts had a lot of influence on our eyeballs, but in a of running it through our brains and realizing what what we should be doing for the future. That, that's my thoughts, but yeah, it's awesome. So, and that Roy Campanella rookie, <laughs> quick story on the side, Mark. I don't want to break the cat out of the bag, but someone on the show <laughs> just got one and I was bidding on the same card and pushed really? it. Really? Yep. Oh, that was I yesterday. That was yesterday. <laughs> Look at you. Wow. Yesterday. Yeah, we were we were both bidding on the same card, uh, a one know. a one point five Roy Campanella. We didn't know. Luck, luckily, we did we didn't we weren't much higher than the second highest bidder. So, but um, yeah. So I had to apologize to uh, Dylan, but he'll do he'll he'll do well without that without that card for now. I he has, he's a ten ten more dollars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just happy you guys are still talking and still friends after that feud right there. That was over awesome. the no, no feud. I mean, I mean, we could we'll, we'll pretend there was a feud, but yeah. no, it was like yeah. we we're both we we're both sorry, and 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 uh, and then Dylan was like, and I- but, yeah. <laughs> "That's awesome." Well, I'll, I'll look forward to hearing about that further. Um, all right, Doug. So you sent me yours. This I can always count on you, Doug, to help me discover a card I never, I didn't even know existed. So this is the 1940. Oh, actually, you say it because I don't think I can pronounce it as good. Well. I, I don't know if I'll, so it's, I think, so right now I haven't seen, uh, it's the 1945 Carmelo Deportivo Cuban League. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> Here, we go. Here we go. And it's, yeah, Orestes Minoso, also known as Mini Minoso. Here's one right in a uh, SGC slab, a nice tux for you. Mm, is that it? Okay, yeah, that's it. So, and and, and man, I love this card. I really love this card. And it reminds me of a 1931 uh, cut card set, which I can't remember right now. It's like M something, uh, where it has that little dot with the number, that little ball with the number on the, on the lower side. Um, but Mini Minoso is one of the, when I, when I first got into, when I first got back into collecting cards, I was, I was, I had a focus on former Negro League players uh, who had made it to the big leagues. Um, and I still, and I still, it's still a huge, uh, interest and focus of mine. Hence the campy card I just got last night. Um, but, um, mini Minoso was like one of my first, the first people I, I focused on collecting in vintage. Um, when I, when I came back, um, which was, uh, you know, I came back in 2018 and I got more and more into vintage. So maybe 2019 was when I started collecting mini Minoso cards. Um, and um, <clears throat> didn't know about this card. Um, didn't know about this card until probably the last year or so. Um, but I, I've also been looking at what cards are actual, uh, uh, you know, 
Negro League playing days cards. Um, and this is one of those great few uh, that are, uh, this is the Cuban League before he was on the New York Cubans. So this is, I believe this is uh, a Cuban card in a Cuban league. And then he came to the New York Cubans, which was in the Negro Leagues in America, um, just just uh, shortly after probably, you know, this card. Um, so uh, yeah, I love this card for so many reasons. And I think it looks amazing. Uh, and it means, it means so much to me. Um, just it, so it's just a really powerful card. Do you have any idea, like how how were these cards? Were these in packs or like? No, that I don't know. Yeah, I, I knew nothing about these cards. Yeah, I don't know. They're Cuban, so I know. I I think that they were distributed in Cuba. Uh, so I mean that I think that's that's all I know. Um, but um, and I don't even know that definitively. But they're Cuban cards. But their distribution, I don't know definitively. That's, it's, I just know it looks awesome and yeah. I love the name. So, <laughs> and I'm the player. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. That is a really cool. Now I'm now I'm gonna want to look to see who else is in this set and all the you know and go down there, the road. There are there are a lot of really cool cards in this set. He's uh, yeah. There are a lot of other. There are some other significant Negro League players in this set. Um, but just you know about Mini Minoso, of course, he was elected to the Hall of Fame this year. Um, he 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 uh, he he played. He he had at bats for five in, in five different decades in the major leagues, despite starting in the Negro leagues. <laughs> the the second two were stunts in the nineteen seventies and the nineteen eighties. But um, but he it's a it's a it's a, it's a cool story anyway. Um, and Doug, yeah. uh, you're you're not the only one clearly that wants these this card or because this one just sold uh, back in august uh an sgc one sold for 1440 bucks so i'm sure these are not common you know you don't find them very often they probably don't come up for sale a lot so right. when they do it's one of those cards when they when it is up for auction you got to try to pounce on it <laughs> yeah yeah definitely I've never pounced on a fourteen hundred dollar card, so that's gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah. Especially when Dylan's gonna be bidding you up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you Sorry, you paid fifteen seventy. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, find awesome. it and make sure you pay for that thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so my turn. So here we go. I got sales history pulled up. So the card that I want to talk about on my want list is this was a huge chase card back in when I was a kid. Um, I'm typing chase because my cat jumped up on the, on the desk here. So it distracted me. So it's a 1992 Musial mantle. Uh, I'm just going to do. Yeah, here it is. Uh, but it's going to be auto. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, oh, it looks like it just sold. Wow. I didn't know that. So, oh, but uh, man, this card, I need this card to come down in price is what I need. Um, so what we have here, this is a 92 score, the franchise Musial Mantle Yaz auto card autographed with a gold, gold Sharpie, which is adds even more to coolness to the card. Triple auto of three of my favorites. I mean, just three legends. I love the look of the card, the poses. I love every single thing about this card. I, I have this card, the non-autographed version. I have it, um, but 
a total dream card would be to get somehow the auto version, which, you know, what's funny. I think about this. You know how many unopened packs of, or excuse me, boxes of 92 score that are still out there in warehouses and wherever. Um, and who knows, there's probably a bunch that are just sitting there in those boxes that who knows, maybe they'll never get opened at this rate. But um, I don't know. There's not many out there. And I think they made maybe, I don't know, I have to look, but it was not a lot of them, maybe 500 or, or maybe a hundred, not, not a ton. Um, but I just, I just think there's such an awesome to have three autos like this on this card would be again, a dream card for me. It's, it's so expensive. I don't know if it will go down in price over time, but yeah, like if this one just sold for yeah, 60, 68, 75, you know, wow. so it's, it's, a, they're expensive. And this was a, not that grade matters. This was a PSA six with nine auto. So, so as far as grading goes, not like, not a tremendous grade for a 1992 card, but that just goes to show you how, how tough these are um, to find and also how much demand is out there for this. Yeah. I think that the, to me, the coolest thing about that card is that um, it had to make its way to all three of those guys, you right. know, like, uh, and then, uh, and then get put into rotation. I just think that's because they're all on card, obviously, right? Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Right. And I got to jump in. I got to jump in right now. I'm like dying right now. Chalmers. <laughs> okay. Adam, this card right here, this set, when I was a kid, I was, is that a 92? Yes. So I was 12 years old. I was trying to get the date right. I had a friend, his name, I won't leave his last name, but his name was Craig. And we are friends our whole lives. Um, I'm not friends with them any longer. I haven't touched them. But back then, we were, we were best of friends. He had a birthday party. And we all got goodie bags. And in every goodie bag was a pack of 1992. Is that score select or score back then, right? The score, the right, the like the regular score. Yeah. Yep. Well, out of those packs, he pulled a Carl Yastrzemski autograph card and my and it was like it just was out of control. He was the birthday boy, and there's like probably what 12 of us there, and we all have goodie bags, one pack. And the birthday boy at his house pulled the Yaz autograph, the same one you're looking at, except with just one with just the yeah, just Yaz on it, different guys, but same set, and it was like it was crazy. Like I we thought he just won the lottery. It was the greatest moment. He had that card pinned on top of his bed with a pin in a penny sleeve, though, where the penny sleeve was pinned over his bed for like a decade. And I'd go over there and we'd look at that card. I kid you not, I reached out to him about a year and a half ago on Instagram. Not friend of them. He doesn't live anywhere close to me. Um he, I asked him about the card. He said is in his attic. And I thought at the time, my memory thought it was Sandy Koufax's autograph that he pulled, but I found out it was Yaz's because he had a Sandy Koufax autograph pinned to his wall of a brochure that his dad went to a game. So that card was over his bed. And I thought of that card for what I'm 42. So 30 years I've been thinking of that card, which is basically the same card you're showing different players but the same set the same like aura around it and right. for me to see someone like you talk about that card 
I'm just like, I, I want that card so bad too. I mean, $6,000, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, but the one my friend had of Yaz is doable and his was in the attic and he said rats and there was a leak. So he hasn't seen it, but he literally, I reached out to him not too long ago and he still has it, but I'm so glad you shared that because that is a really special card for people in our era because those were one of the first autographs inserted in packs and we didn't realize they were in there. And then when it was like, it was, yeah, that's it. Good, good yeah. choice. So those who aren't maybe familiar with the set, there's a there's that triple triple card. Um, now I, I've I've only like once or, I've opened so many packs of that. Like when I was a kid, a few years ago, I went back and bought a bunch of boxes just for fun off of eBay. Um, obviously, didn't get I I got one. I got a Stan Musial, just the the franchise, no auto, and I was like so happy. It was like such a big win just to get the non auto one, um, and just. Yeah, it, just the idea of opening a pack of that and pulling out, uh, even like, yeah, they have a single auto of Musial, a single auto of Mantle, a single Yaz auto, just that, and then they get the triple one, which is obviously the, the crown jewel. But any of those, I, I've even gone on YouTube just to see if I could find like somebody opening a pack and pulling one of those. And there's a bunch of people like breakers that, that broke these, like, especially over the last couple of years as prices climbed and everything and interest rose and no one, I've never seen anyone get one, never seen any, any of these autos pulled. And I looked at pop reports there. These things are like mythical. They, I mean, there, there's some out there, but there's probably just so many that either got thrown away or are still sitting in warehouses in unopened cases and boxes that will probably never be opened. You know, at this point, they'll, they'll probably just whatever, throw them away. Um, but yeah, it's just, that's, that's what makes the card so special is that knowing how hard it was to pull out of a pack. Um, For sure. Yeah. And so, I, I think uh, even adding to me, adding to that is that that was the, that was an error where there were, where there were hardly any special cards, <laughs> you know, right. so which, which makes it all the more special is yeah. that it is like, it is like a supremely special card in an era where there where there, where there are such, so, so few, it's like such slim pickings that um, it stands out even more. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like you, you open a, a box, it's like junk, 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 like, yeah. And it's score too. So like, look, I, yeah, I, I, I never want to talk too badly about the junk wax era. Cause I'm, I have a very soft spot for it, but there's certain products like score, um, where the, yeah, the, the base cards are just, just junk. You know, I don't like the way they look, the way they feel. Um, but these insert card, yeah, the inserts, it was just like, it's like hitting the lottery. Oh, uh, we're not Powerball. literally like we're, hitting Powerball. We're not friends anymore. Score to me is like, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find score. Score was like, that was the best. <laughs> so, well, some, some were okay, but the, like, you know, the, like the base set of 92 score. I know what it, okay, I know what it is. I I have bad feelings about it because I've opened so many packs and never gotten the cards I wanted out of them. So I'm like biased in a bad way. So I apologize. They're, yeah. they're really not that bad. We'll help you work through your trauma. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I had the sports card therapist on last episode. Yes, actually, he uh, should have helped you with that. We're I don't, think, I don't yeah. think we worked anything out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was fun either way. That's awesome. Well, guys. Uh, did you have fun? I, I had fun doing this. 
this was I had a blast. Yep. You know, without you know, being a part of this whole YouTube thing, it's been such a it's been such a blessing in my life because I'm able to connect with people like I've never connected with people. And I've talked about this before. Um, friendships are not easy at our age and to make new friends is really hard and it's not that fun. And I know because I moved from everything I ever knew in life and stepped into a new world six years ago. So I know, you know, how hard it is And this stepping into this, uh, I've created real true friendships and both of you guys have been a blessing in my life. And I look forward to hanging out and talking about baseball cards, things that I've been, uh, not secretly hiding from everyone, but secretly loving because no one else cares. Um, except for one friend growing up. So it's like, it's been so awesome and look nights like this. I look forward to, and I have a really good time doing it. And so I thank you guys for, for this opportunity and I appreciate both of you guys' friendships and all this. So hey, I, I feel the same way. I, I was telling this to my wife the other night. I said, you know, if, if you were to tell Adam of like a year and a half ago or two years ago that you're going on uh StreamYard with a couple buddies from, from your sports card hobby that you watch their videos every week and you text with and, and when you pick like I I would be like, What? Yes. That's not no way. But here we are. And it's been a really nice thing for me. I mean, I'm so happy I jumped on YouTube and put myself out there. And uh, I, I, I was like, if I could meet one person that I connect with and like think alike and um, want to tell them about the 92 triple auto card and they actually know what I'm talking about and get excited about it too, that would have been just a bonus. But the fact that it's multiple. It's you guys and, and some others that I've, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. So yeah. Thank you guys. I appreciate you taking the time. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this means a lot to me to be able to do these things. And I, I agree. And I want to thank both you guys, Adam, for, for creating this vehicle, Dylan, that was, you know, for you, I think you're like, you're like the ambassador of, of youthful enthusiasm, uh, in, in sports cards. Uh, uh, so, so, uh, we, we have to, we have to keep you around at, at all costs. <laughs> exactly. I've been working on it. I, I wasn't a natural. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a natural either. <laughs> a New Yorker. Not a shot. Uh, I've been doing this. This one's meant hang, hang loose. And uh, I was very far from hanging loose. <laughs> you live on the drive by, you get the low shaka, get this shaka. There's no such I'm thing as a thousand times a day. It's just what we do. That's cool. Dylan, I, and last thing, I need you to upload a video to YouTube of you surfing, because if if John Mangini can get away with doing nunchucks on YouTube, then you sure as hell can get away with showing you surfing. So please show a video. I want to see a video of you surfing. All right. Maybe I'll do that. And I'll do like a, I used to be in magazines and stuff. So I have like a bunch of photos and stuff. So maybe I'll do something like. All right. We need to talk more about that. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. <laughs> I'll do that one day. Right now. All right, guys. Guys, Thanks. thank you so much. And I felt I felt like this went well. First time doing it with uh, you know, multiple with, with three total people yeah. here. It, it went all right. It went pretty good. <laughs> no, it was always hiccups with uh, you know, internet and stuff, but hey, either way it was no, it went great. It went great. Fun all right, time. guys. I'll talk to you soon. 
And for those that watch, thank you for watching. Thank you.